you know, there's all kinds of scenes that I respond to in movies. I respond to music sequences. Uh, I respond to big comedy sequences. It was like uh, they galvanized the, the entire theater. Everybody uh, woke up. Everybody got connected. And, you know, and I would go see a, a, a film that had a, a, a sequence like that. I would see it two or three times at the theaters just to see that sequence. And then just to have that experience uh, uh, with an audience. Welcome to Making Tarantino, the podcast. I'm your host, Philip Duke. And on this podcast, we watch and discuss a list of movies that Quentin Tarantino recommends and see if they've influenced his work and to see what they're all about. There will be spoilers, which I always forget to tell people. But uh, yeah, and spoilers on everything. We could talk about, you know, The Incredibles and we might spoil that. Um, sure, the Taylor but, Swift movie. Exactly, yeah, there you go. I haven't seen it. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I'm, I'm wanting to. Uh, but today I'm joined once again by Dave Lizerbram, Bram or Brom? I Bram. Yeah. Bram. No, uh, all good. Dave Lizerbram. Hi. Uh, who's Hi, half Bram. of the podcast of Rock Docs. So hello yes. and welcome back. Thanks. Yeah. I also have a podcast called Little Slugger with my six-year-old about baseball. So if anybody's a baseball fan or wants to hear a six-year-old's opinions about the game, <laughs> feel free to check it out. He's having fun with it. It's always awesome because I listen to this guy talk about it's a guy has a YouTube channel and they talk about the six inch GI Joe figures and he's got his son on there with him. And so, so his son is like maybe 12 or something, but his son will tell the honest shit like, Oh, I don't like how his gun is so big. And how is he going to crawl through a tunnel right, if he's yeah. got this? And you're like, that's what you need. Like it re yep. makes you remember <laughs> when you were younger and you're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I want to say, um, Piper Laurie passed away at 91 the other day. And then the next day, Suzanne Summers died she was like 76. And you're like, you know, like Piper Laurie, you're like, okay, you lived a long life. 76. You're like, oof, like, oof. But she was fighting breast cancer and all that big correction. I don't know if you listened to the blood simple episode. Mm -hmm. So I kept saying Barry Levinson was the cinema, like, I read oh, yeah, the right. cinematographer, it's Barry Sonnenfeld. Yeah, it's Barry I, I Sonnenfeld. I was like, wait a minute, yeah. But every time I would say off the top of my head, I was like, oh, Barry Levinson. And I'm like, what the fuck? People are going to listen to this and be like, I'm done. I don't want to listen to this guy anymore. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. So I was like, oh, they're two Barrys, you know, and uh, I got, <laughs> right. him, got him mixed up. Um, so, yeah, it was Barry Sonnenfeld. It was a cinematographer for Blood Simple. And subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. After subscribing, leave us a review. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See, I added Facebook back in. I wasn't using Facebook. Now I'm using it more. So, And now let's get on with the show. I don't mean to rush, but I just saw it's fresh in my head. I don't have a bunch of boring notes of like, then they drive the car. And then they drive the car again. You know, mm -hmm. this one's like, oh, so good. Um, but the tagline for this was something is watching, waiting and wanting on Saturn three, 1980, the plot, two lovers stationed at a remote base in the asteroid fields of Saturn are intruded upon by a retentive technocrat from Earth and his charge, a malevolent eight foot robot. So I loved, well, we'll get to it, but starring Kirk Douglas as Adam. 
So they wanted, I don't know if you read up on this, I found a whole making of, and I read this whole article about it, um, but they wanted Sean Connery. But at that time, Sean Connery is living in Spain to avoid like tax, tax exile. Mm -hmm. So he didn't want to come back to England and film a movie because he have to pay taxes. So he's like, no, thank mm. you. And then uh, Farrah Fawcett is Alex, which is cool that she was above him. It was like Farrah Fawcett, Kirk Douglas. And you're like, yeah. wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of surprising to see the uh, that that was her like moment when she was, uh, I mean, obviously the biggest thing going, but um, yeah, it was, Kirk it was Douglas must like, have really swallowed it. <laughs> I didn't, Kirk yeah, Douglas exactly. didn't seem like a guy who didn't have an ego, you know. So. Oh my god, yeah, I'll get into it on some of the stuff, it's just crazy. But the thing with Farrah Fawcett, like, this is right around like 1980, that was like Cannonball Run came out, and mm -hmm. um, and she was on those, and you're just like, oh my god, and it was Lee Majors and Farrah Fawcett. And, when she was going through this, they were going through their divorce. So it was like, ah, uh. and Harvey Keitel as Benson. And so Roy Dotras as the voice of Benson. So they right. say there were different things. One was they called Harvey Keitel and said, hey, you need to come in and do some ADR work. And he was like, I'm not going to do that. So they were like, fine, then we'll get somebody else. And then the other thing was that that producer, uh, Lou, uh, now I forget his name, but Lou something. Um, said that awesome. he he didn't do no, it. No, no. Lou Gray, the, no. The, the Lord Lou, whatever. Yeah, the yeah. yeah, it said Lord whatever. Yeah, what was that? Yeah. Lou, correct grade. Lou, I'm or? trying. To, yeah, yeah. I'm something like that. Anyway, something, something like that. Yeah, Lord, I'll something. make it. I'll make a correction next week or later on in the <laughs> in the facts. <laughs> yes. But one was that he didn't like his like New York accent, so he was like, yeah. "No, I want it to be like an English." So he brought this guy in to be like an English, you know do a yeah. uh, which it kind of works with that because the way he's talking he's so robotic and you're like you're like what's going on is he a robot is he a meta human like what yeah. is he? he's got that thing like what's going on um and they wanted michael kane for that part which is funny because he mm -hmm. was only three years younger than uh sean connery and uh, and it was supposed to be a young cocky guy but they right. were going to put Sean Connery and Michael Caine. But Michael Caine was doing the same thing in the States, tax, ex tax exile, being in the mm. States. So he's like, no, thanks. So uh, we got that, which is good. Although, yeah, Kirk Douglas, I don't know. I like Kirk Douglas, but after reading some stuff in here, I'm like, I don't know. Uh, written by John Barry, he came up with the story. And then Martin Amos wrote the screenplay. And then there was a book written by like Steve Gallagher, I think was his name. And, you know, he did a novelization, but John yeah. Barry had the story and he went to, um, to uh, now that director that I got to scroll down. He went Stanley to Stanley Donnan. Donnan yeah. And who was gonna, who was going to be producer. And he was like, can you do this? You know, you want to do this film? And Stanley Donnan's like, why don't you direct it? I'll produce it. We'll do this. And he had never directed anything. He had done second, uh, second unit director on like he was. He ended up doing that on Empire, but he was, mm -hmm. you know, he did that on I think Superman or something. But, um, but yeah. So it was. Uh, where was I at? So according to author Steve Gallagher, who was hired to pen the novelization in 1979, the screenplay had indeed gone through a number of rewrites after Amos had delivered his draft. The script, quote, the script was terrible. I thought it was bad then, but in retrospect and with experience, I can see how truly inept it was. That may not be Amos' fault, 
Years later, I met someone who'd worked on the production, and she told me that every script doctor in town had taken an uncredited swing at it. So it's impossible to say whether it was stillborn or had been gangbanged to death. <laughs> End quote. So it's and you and there's parts in there like I don't know if you like I said, if you read directed by Stanley Don and, and uh, John Barry uncredited John Barry started after two weeks. He was like, I can't deal with these actors like, you know, he's you know, they're asking yeah, it's, questions. It's kind of like it's kind of like Spartacus where Kirk Douglas yeah. is like, yeah. no, we're bringing in, we're, we're bringing in somebody else. Um, yeah. I think yeah. maybe to different levels of success, but, yeah. um, you yeah. know, well, uh, you know, the, it, it, it's gotta be a guy named Stanley, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Bring me a director named Stanley. And what somebody <laughs> like the said, berries. well, yeah, yeah, exactly. What somebody said that is interesting about that was remember how he was, they were going to get Kirk Douglas to be Troutman for first blood. And he was like, I got an idea. I should be the one that like takes him down. Like I'm more man than he is or what. And you're like, mm -hmm. no, it's not that kind of movie. Like, you know, yeah. and especially that first before they redid the ending, first blood's supposed to be him committing suicide at the end because it was PTSD mm -hmm. and shit. So it's, you know, but yeah, he's, uh, I don't, I mean, I like Kirk Douglas, but it's the same thing that I ran into Chip and I did on our old podcast. We did. I said, let's do Clint Eastwood. That movie Cry Macho is coming out. So let's do Every Which Way But Loose and Cry Macho. And I used to not like um, Sandra Locke because I was mm -hmm. just like, oh, I don't like her. She, you know, I didn't really want. I was just thinking, ah, she's a hack. I don't like her or whatever. And then I start reading that she wasn't able to keep going in Hollywood because when her and Clint Eastwood broke up, he put word out to do not put her into work. And everybody was like, OK. And it was like, what a dick, like and and yeah. moved out, called her from like pale writer or whatever and said, oh, yeah, get out of the house. Had somebody call her. Get out of the house. We broke up. It's like, what the fuck? But we're not here about that. But <laughs> that's that's the thing that when I read some of this stuff, I'm like, oh, wow. But all these older actors who get older, they kind of want to like, but I'm still manly. I want to show, you know, it takes a certain person to be like, I can be a regular old feeble man or whatever you know right i mean here you see kirk douglas who's how old is he at the time I'm trying to think he's 64 yeah he's he's working out he's jumping rope i mean yeah. you see like full shot like oh, yeah pretty impressive dude can still you know jump rope yeah. um and then of course there's the infamous naked fight scene where like he's yeah. fighting harvey <laughs> Keitel. yeah uh, and kirk douglas is fully nude i mean you know you don't see frontal but um yeah. you certainly he see plenty yeah, uh, I, and, I was and, looking. You know, I was looking for it. I was like, "Wait, when's it going to fall out?" Props to uh, Kirk Douglas. He's in pretty good shape. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, one thing well, he did was uh, he kept it tight. And that's what's crazy. I remember on Tough Guys, it was done in like '86. That him and Burt Lancaster were in. They were like yeah. these old mobsters who just got out of prison, and these new gang members are trying to fight him, and they're like pretty tough, and they beat him up. And you're like, and they they're working out, and you're like, oh, they look mm -hmm. pretty muscular. But yeah. Yeah, I hope when I'm 64, I look like at least Kurt, uh, Kirk Douglas, Kurt Russell. Him too. <laughs> Either way, yeah. <laughs> you ready to get to some listener opinions? We broke the record. Usually my okay, highest yeah. record was 11 uh, opinions. This time we have 18. So okay. I'm very happy. I'm, I'm spreading it out where I, where I post. Like, what do you think? So here we go. Man, I don't even have an opinion. 
Well, you got to have an opinion. Robo Pulp on Twitter wrote, quote, it's an interesting combo of sci-fi and horror with some moments I didn't know what to make of, end quote, which is very true. But it's funny after reading all these and then jumping into the movie, I was like, I was like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I was imagining in my head. Like I was like, it's going to be horror. It was pretty decent, but we'll get to it later. But anyway, Pedro Jimenez on Twitter wrote, quote, one word for this film, bonkers in all caps, end quote. Conversations with Robbie Sherman on Twitter wrote, quote, interesting cinematography and set design, but marred by an uncomfortable story that puts a focus on the wants of the leading men, always leaving the only female characters a victim and plot device, end quote. Cinemigos on Twitter wrote, I've never heard of this one, adding it to the list, which is cool. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, Colt Worthy on Twitter wrote, quote, this movie, LOL, can't wait to hear your take, end quote. <laughs> Rebastian on Instagram wrote, meh, end quote. That's all just meh. Um, yeah, exactly. AKA Jeanette Miller on Instagram wrote, quote, I haven't seen it, but the poster and this cast put it on my watch list. That's the thing where you go, yeah, watch it. But you also want to go, well, maybe, maybe put it down lower on your list, you know. Perhaps this may be one of those movies where the poster is not 100% faithful to what you see in a movie, but okay. Exactly. Well, and that's another thing I didn't in write. In the proud, it, I... you know, pulp, uh, you know, grindhouse tradition yeah. or whatever you want to call it, even though and, this was, you know, I... I yeah, it's like a, a main a release. Made movie. Yeah. And what's interesting, I didn't put in the facts things, was Farrah Fawcett, they had that dream, you know, there's a thing of her in a black outfit that mm -hmm. zips kind of down the front. And she was like, I don't like that. I feel cheap. I feel, you know, let's not put that in the movie. And they pulled it from the movie. But then the producers, being the scumbags that they always are, were like, no, no. And they put on posters all around the world, except for the United States. Like, here's a poster of her in black, you know. Which is weird that you would say, like, it'd be like if you and I were Kirk Douglas. Like, I don't want to be in that outfit because I feel too sexy, but leave my naked fight scene in. You know, <laughs> she still gets naked. Like, how would, wouldn't you yeah, say, like, it, take out the part where I get naked? Well, you know, that's yeah. that's fine. I mean, whatever she felt comfortable with. But um, yeah, she's not uh, shy in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, John E. Egbert on my Facebook page wrote, quote, when it came out, the trailer showed a lot more of Farrah than the storyline contained. She was at the height of her fame and the producers pushed the movie based on it, end quote. Which is true. I could see that. Evan O. on my Facebook page wrote, quote, Kirk is horribly miscast, but gives it his best. Farrah isn't too bad. She was at the apex of her career. Harvey chooses scenes. The plot is admirable for its time. The effects are believable. So, and end quote. Uh, Conde Siriaco. So then I go to the Video Archives podcast fan page. So the rest of these are from there because I realize when I, everything's going to be from the video. Anyway, Conde Siriaco from the Video Archives podcast fan page, Facebook page wrote, quote, bit of a weird movie with awesome cast and crew. Just found out the script was written by famed novelist Martin Amis. So I didn't know he's famed until people were like, oh, he's, you know, yeah, famous. Yeah, and his father, uh, Kingsley, was a famous novelist as well. And Martin, I, I've not read their work, but, it, you know, they're both well-regarded as novelists. But yeah, know, yeah, like and he wrote, said, I mean, you could get this script credit based on, you know, WGA, yeah. you know, arbitration. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you necessarily should take the, the credit or the blame every time. Well, and also, yeah, it's like 
it's like taking it directly from the guy that's like, I came up with this idea and then you write the script kind of fast instead of the novelization, like Quentin Tarantino always talks about novelizations are always good because they dive a little deeper into things that were going on, just like he did with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when he did the novelization after put in some more stuff and you're like, oh, that explained a lot. Like, I love it. So Bill Cunningham from the same Facebook page uh, wrote, quote, miscast has all the earmarks of a European style movie and none of the cast, end quote, which is true. But you could see how back then I was thinking of that, like Alien comes out, like Star Wars, Alien, and everybody's like, let's get on this space thing. And then they either rush them out and you get like, you know, Galaxy of Terror or these weird ones, you know, that are real crappy and shitty where the same lights are blinking. Like you can tell mm-hmm. there's nothing on it. Um, Dan Hedgeman, H-E-J-M-A-N on the same Facebook page, wrote, quote, not for me, old Kirk Douglas nude and Kaitel dubbed, end quote. And that's where I was like, ooh, Kirk Douglas naked. I got to get in there. <laughs> so uh damien matthews uh wrote quote i absolutely love saturn three exclamation point end quote um joshua lou friedman on the same video archives facebook page wrote while i do champion this film and it's sadly overlooked score it's frustrating to think that there may be a cut of the movie where Kaitel's original voice was used hiding somewhere out there either properly archived or collecting dust in someone's storage space right next to London after midnight. So you heard about <laughs> like London. After, yeah. I was like, Oh, that's great. Um, okay. Cesar Menensala on, on now this is on our making Tarantino, the podcast, Facebook page wrote quote, I have yet to see it, but meaning to, I believe it's on Tubi. So yeah, everybody it's on, I watch it on Peacock. Did you watch it on Peacock? It's on Amazon Prime also for free. Oh, okay. Like, you know, not... if you include it in Prime, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on Freebie. It was on Voodoo with ads. You know, all the crackle, all these things. Uh, Mike Millard, Mike Millard on our Facebook page wrote, Farrah gets naked, end quote. Uh, that, is Phil- an ac- that is an accurate review. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> One thing you could do is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not call that inaccurate. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, Philip Meller on our podcast page on our Facebook page wrote quote saw it on a double bill with Hawk the Slayer which I'd never heard of obviously Hawk was a tough act to follow but I do recall enjoying Saturn 3 the hand scene was a talking point in school for sure seen it again over the years and it's not aged well Kaitel's dubbed voice Douglas being 20 years too old for the part did read about Martin Amos despising Douglas wrote a novel money based on his experience of working on the film end quote hmm. which I do have at the end in uh, some facts. Paul Evans, I know now it's like, maybe we don't need to beat the record. You just keep going, but I'm glad that you're mm, interacting right. with me. So it's not no, just... get it. everybody's, everybody's word gets in here. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Paul Evans on the making on our Ben Facebook page, quote, watch this years ago as a kid and loved it, but it's not Spartacus. And then a laughing emoji, not revisited since then. Fair I enough. seem to remember it. It gets a bit, gnarly near the end as the robot goes homicidal maybe a double bill is in order wally and saturn three i was like oh that's interesting i was thinking actually like what was i thinking like alien i think because like them running like they said people were like there's too many similarities it's like no dan o'bannon and him came up with these ideas separate like it yeah. works with you know you got deep impact and volcano and you got all these you know or asteroid 
uh, Armageddon. But then he added, quote, I've revisited this again last night. <laughs> well, Earth seems like it's on free in free fall. Lots of chemicals taken and it's rather amoral. Harvey K is suited to the bad guy role. And I like the robot mind meld thing going on. Hector looks great, but dated at the same time. Love the colored liquid matching arteries. I love that too. In a human body, Hector's tiny head didn't help. Just looked a bit silly. It's a messy film that feels chopped up. I think it had some potential, but didn't go far enough. Like the ending, a little bleak, end quote. And that's all of the things. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with it. Like when I first watched the trailer before we dove in, I was like, I remember when I was a kid, like I saw this, either saw all of it or saw some of it on TV. And I was like, that's really cool. Like I got to see the rest of that. Same thing with when you see Outland and you're like, that's badass. I got to see it. And mm -hmm. then you're like, eh, it's okay. Um, and that's what happened with this one. When I watch a trailer and I'm like, the robots got like short circuits head, but you know, Andre the giant's body. Like you're like, wait a minute. Uh, eyes without a face is how I describe it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It, the robot kind of looks, it's very like, it's like this big, you know, it looks like maybe it's like eight feet tall or something like that. And like this, yeah, like kind of uh, like, I'm not sure why you would give like a robot, like huge pectoral muscles, <laughs> like, yeah, all the muscles. Know, yeah. like pumping iron. Like, I'm not really sure what, what function that serves for a robot. And then like, yeah, there's really no face. It's just these two, like kind of like beady eyes, like on yeah. top, which is, you know, like a little bit like, yeah, like short circuit, which was kind of, um, yeah, just a weird proportion, but I mean, yeah. the robot design is not the problem with the movie. Right, right. I'll put yeah. it that way. <laughs> well, and like they said where, and I could see this, if you weren't into it, you know, people say that acting is more, you're just sitting in your chair waiting for them to light something for them to be like, come on. And then you read your scene for 30 minutes and then you go sit down and wait for them to set up lighting for another scene. And you're like, right. this one was all the work was for the robot. And yeah. The guy who did, who was the uh, the cinematographer, the second unit director on this, was saying, or or one of the other, maybe it was the Superman guy, was saying that whatever company they had built it, they didn't have the robot built to where you could just pull off that chest plate and mm -hmm. mess with the motors for the arm. You had to like break it apart to get inside because there was no way to get in it from the outside, and yeah. where a normal uh, a normal movie company making something like that would do that. And so they right. said that was a lot of the problems they had to then take it. And something I was saying, they said they had like four people operating this thing. And it made me think back to return of the Jedi where they, 10 guys were operating Jabba the Hutt and he looks fucking right. awesome. And you're like, yeah. that's cool. This is like, you know, you could do something better. You could have done, you know, a little, a little bit later, they'll do Robocop. And stuff like that, where sure. it's at stop motion, you could have done something like that. I, I thought the mechanical effects were pretty good in the movie. Yes. I, I, I think, I mean, compared to the optical effects, which were frankly horrible and a complete joke, that explosion uh, and, in that spaceship was the best ever. No, you, you, <laughs> you know, like it starts with a, you know, uh, you know, much like Star Wars, it starts with like the you know, underside of a ship coming out of planet. And that has nothing yeah. to do with anything. Yeah. Since we had to throw that in. Yeah. It has like this like scene where they're um, going through the, um, it's not asteroids, but it's, it's really the like, um, it's the like rings around Saturn. Yeah. And like, so, uh, you know, it, I mean, again, 
uh, it's not really fair to compare I, to the you know I, asteroid scene in Empire, but it's very right. it like it's just like you see this uh, ship moving laterally through like yeah, what looks like a children's diorama. <laughs> you know, what yeah, I mean? it's like and, a and small asteroids. I like that of though. Old sci-fi movies are yeah. clumsy, and that's okay. Like you can have a man in a suit, you know, a rubber yeah. suit, and that could be effective. Yeah. But then when you have other effects in the film that are much more realistic and yeah. you know they really paid a lot of attention to the set design it's like it, it's jarring to have that you know th that that one piece works really well another piece they look like they did it on the cheap or too fast yeah. or too whatever yeah and and just you don't even need that and you know it doesn't it doesn't add anything to the film and, and so that's um, it just kind of shows there's a little bit it's a little threadbare at times well and with the things changing, like I didn't know this until recently where I was like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. Like a year ago, I didn't see a lot of space 1999, but I thought all of it was just like a Star Wars thing, like Star Trek thing, like yeah. them on his thing. But no, it's it's done with it's Jerry Anderson doing all the stuff for it. So it's yeah. all the miniatures from Thunderbirds. He's using miniatures like that to show mm -hmm. like, let's go out and drive around in our dune buggy. And they'll get in a little car and it's a little bitty car driving around. And you're like, looks good. But things are changing. Now we're in 1980 and they're like, let's do that, you know, and they're right, doing right. the miniatures. But I did like that. That was one of the things I like was them going. I was like, that's done pretty good for what they had. But that's what's crazy when you go. How much did you guys go over on this thing when? Yeah. You know, 10 million yeah. over or something when you're like or like the shots of going when he's getting ready to land, it's going over the surface, like you said, where you're yeah. like, you're like, okay, but also when you compare it with like Empire, where it's like that just looks like they're on a meteor when they land on the thing. But what was cool was this uh, this whole construction. I got a thing here about the uh, set, and then we'll get into the movie. Construction of the sprawling Saturn III set in Shepperton Studios outside London took 79 craftsmen four months to complete. The result was one of the largest self-contained sets ever constructed in England. It occupied the entire area of Shepperton's enormous A and B stages, with the dividing doors between the two stages opened up to house the set, which ran a continuous 280 feet and stretched wall-to-wall -wall across 120-foot wide stages. The set was so vast, in fact, with its labyrinthine maze of connecting tunnels the crew found themselves continually getting lost during the first few weeks of filming. To rectify this, a draftsman diagram of the set was posted at the soundstage entrance to help the crew pilot through their way through whatever area they were shooting in. So, well, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think it was in his review, Roger Ebert was like, and I was thinking the same thing, but I'm just giving him credit because he was there before me. You know, it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's two people living on, I mean, basically what it is, it's like it's the third moon <laughs> of Saturn, there's there 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 it's sort of like a farming situation like there are hydroponically yeah. growing plants for earth or something which again it's like <laughs> does it really pay to like grow you know like a turnip on saturn and ship it back to earth that doesn't yeah. really add up and, <laughs> yeah. and also uh yeah like why would you build this giant vast sprawling station for two people to live yeah. on like yeah. they don't see anybody else for six months and then one person comes like it, it you know the resources involved it makes no sense and again yeah. You know, not everything has to add up. Like, why is there sound in space in Star Wars? Yeah, like, okay, yeah, yeah. you could you could do that forever, and it's dumb to do that. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. You know, it's fine, but like, it doesn't. That's not the point of the movie. Yeah, it, if it's a workstation, just, you shouldn't have to run right, a mile exactly. down to yeah. turn but something. The, off. You know, just so we can see. 
you know, uh, uh, like Kirk Douglas doing laps, basically. But you know, it's it's sort of um, uh, you know, it's like this movie gives you enough time to think about things that like a movie yeah. that moves really fast, you can yeah. get away with stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A movie that like kind of is take even though it's ninety minutes or whatever, like yeah, you have some gaps where you can sit and take a minute and think. That's yeah. where you know you start to see the you start to see the flaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's where um, uh, also when it's a worse movie, this movie is okay. Um, but when it's where it makes you think of all the better ones and it makes you respect those more when you go alien works because it's a masterpiece, you know, predator sure. works because it's a masterpiece. Do you not agree? Sure. I'll fight you right now. Um, no, of course. Yeah. Yeah, no, of course. But yeah. it's, it's those things, but also you go, but, and then on the other end of that, in a way is like, are you just trying to be like, like a magician, like, look what I can do. So we're not focusing right. on the story. We're looking at like, you know, I'm sitting there going, wow, amazing. And you're going this plot hole, there's a plot hole. And I'm going, look at this. I'm, you know, I'm like yeah. squirrel, you know, look at that too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, when I saw that Stanley Donna directed it, I was just like, you know, like, and I heard about the movie and I, and it was like, um, I don't know. It doesn't seem like that's the guy that I would call for this movie. Right. You know what I mean? The, like, right. Which the guy that directed the bandwagon, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. I love it. And my wife and I recently watched, um, we watched uh, charade, uh, with uh -huh. Audrey Hepburn and, um, that's good. And, um, Oh my God. Uh, Cary Grant. Yeah. Go right. Cary Grant. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, 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 uh, George Kennedy and, you know, just, I mean, like an A plus, you know, masterpiece from yeah. like 1965. So like maybe it's made 15, 14, 13 years before this. It's yeah. not that long a time. You know what I mean? That seems like yeah. a long time. But on the other hand, like you could have a director, you know, now who's coming out with a movie that they made 2000. Think about, you know, from 2010. Yeah. It doesn't seem that long ago to you and me. You know? What yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so, you know, the, the, but I mean, Stanley Donning, like who knows what he was thinking well, when and, he made this in and terms of like, having any affection or connection to the to the to sci-fi yeah, to the genre you know? like yeah. it's it's a genre where you can't just you know parachute in where people yeah. who love sci-fi yeah. are really into it and care yeah. about these things yeah and if you've got a passion for it you know and, or the story yeah you can you know you can put you your own spin put on your it. love but in if it. you're yeah. just like a hired gun like in the old yeah. style Hollywood system, like, okay, yeah. now you're directing a Western tomorrow. You're directing a romance to make yeah. you're directing a musical. Great. Okay. That, because you have an expectation of like the scale and what you're expecting. Yeah. But when it comes to this, like once we're getting into this era of more sophisticated sci-fi movies, yeah. you know, after 2001 and then going yeah. on. Through the and, 70s, and that it's not the a expectation is higher that you, that you care about the genre. And it's not just like, Hey, let's get Kirk Douglas and do some shtick and, you know, get paid. I yeah, don't know. It, you know, you got that vibe from it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not a uh, an Amer an AIP picture. It's not a Canon picture. It's like right. a bigger. But that was the thing where John Barry had this idea. So Stanley Donnan's like, "That's a great idea. Why don't you work on it?" And then they give it to a producer. That producer sees Farrah Fawcett on an airplane. They're flying from LA to New York. He says, "Here, read the script." She reads it. Says, "That's great." He says, "Okay." And then she signs her on on the plane, and they don't even have the script totally finished. Like, yeah. it's like, okay. And then this guy does it for two weeks and the complaint on him was, well, he had never been on a, on a stage before, but he had, he was in Superman. He was doing, you know, empire, right. you know, working on all that. So they were like, so they're like, no, but it was the thing. If he would have stuck with it and not gotten a fight with either Kirk Douglas or Farrah Fawcett or who knows, but 
it was that thing of Stanley Don and then being like, well, I'm producer, but I guess I'll step in and direct. And it's that thing of like half assing it. Like you can't just phone it in. Like it shows, you know, and also right. then the producer or whoever being like, they had a scene, you know, in it, we'll jump around. Cause, uh, uh, but you know, the scene where they're taking the blue pills and he cuts yeah. it in two and gives her one, they take them. And then it's supposed to be where they wake up or they, they take them and they're like, okay. And then all of a sudden there's Harvey Keitel in the door and they're like, right. we told you to get out of here and he won't leave. And you know, what are you doing here? And then they go to pour a drink and he breaks the bottle. He pours a bottle on Kirk Douglas's head. Kirk Douglas breaks the bottle, stabs him in the stomach and the neck and kills him. And then him and Farrah Fawcett are dragging the body out. The door opens. And now you first see the robot. And then right. it's the other guys behind them. And now they're in regular clothes and they're not in these other clothes. Right. <laughs> like that was the pills that made him, but there was no explanation right. of it. So they got rid of it. But it's those things where then when they cut it up and you put it out, you're like, what's going on? I did the only, the things that I did like was of course, Farrah Fawcett never showing her neck, you know, him feeling her neck, but not knowing right. if she has something there. The yeah. thing of Harvey Keitel shows it, but what was cool that I noticed was he right. grabbed, they have this like port in the back of their neck. Like, yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, like Sorry. You yes. Yes. I thought everybody in, like, could see my video. Yes. No, no, no. Like you could stick a plug in like it yeah. almost looks like the, um, you know, the, the, the jack uh, the guitar amplifier, you know? Yeah. And it made that sound too. When he went to plug right. it in. Yeah. Um, right. Like you plug it in all of a sudden Eddie Van Halen's playing through Harvey Keitel. Yeah, be. exactly. Or you get that uh, <laughs> different twist on it. Yeah. The back to the future. Uh, getting <laughs> The um, there you go. <laughs> but when he grabs for the screwdriver and you think he's going to do something with the robot and he kind of steps away, you see him put his arm like behind his back, like behind his head. And you're like, what's going on? And then shortly after that, they show that he's got a thing in his neck. So then I'm thinking, is he a robot? Is he metahuman? Like, what is he? What's going on? Because then he's connected to right. the robot. And that's why then the robot gets this affection for her, you right. know, and, you know, and it's it's crazy and creepy. And they said Stanley Donnan wanted to make the robot like wanted you sympathetic for the robot. And right. I, you kind of are in a way, but you're more like monster movie, Frankenstein, yeah, you know, yeah, where you, yeah. Except they didn't really pull that off. Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. what, why would we like the robot goes around murdering, <laughs> like other than yeah. the fact that like the robot is sprung for Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody else in the world in 1980. Like, I'm not sure that that alone engenders sympathy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and 40 years later. Yeah. And he kills a dog. Like they tell you in movies, yeah, don't kill and dogs boy, and children. They, yeah. Yeah. They show you that. Like, that's uh, that's rough. If you're, yeah. if you're uh, uh, an animal lover. It was <laughs> it was funny, too, because my wife I was like, honey, do you want to watch this? She was like, no, you said Kirk Douglas. You said Farrah Fawcett. You said sci fi. You said Saturn. Sounds old to me. No, thank you. I'm like, OK. And then I saw the dog get killed. And I'm like, oh, my wife, definitely with all of our dogs, she'd be like crying, even though it's a fake dog. I'll go. It's fake. No, right, right, but right. it's the thing. Um, yeah. But I love the opening of this. Just you're like, what's going on? OK, this guy's has to get on the ship. And that's the captain, right? That guy that he kills and then he takes right. over for him and nobody questions him, which is a good idea. Just run for a plane with a helmet, you know, run for Air Force One. Be like, I got, oh, yeah, he's, that's our guy. He's late. Let him on. You know, yeah. nobody will check. 
Yeah, and you you see, I mean, it's very early in the movie. You see the guy get sucked out of the airlock, and they get like shredded into pieces through like yeah. this like kind of vent. And I was like, okay, this is gonna be a hard. You yeah. know what I mean? Like pretty graphic, and it does deliver. Like if you're looking for yeah. a movie from this era that's pretty gory and graphic, like yeah, you know, they they deliver on that. They they don't they don't hold back. You're thinking when that little pincher comes out for her eye, you're like, oh, it's gonna jabber in the eye. There's gonna be blood. Yeah. It's gonna be a thing, and then it isn't. When he, no, you but, know, you know. Yeah, when the arm is clearly hand, Farrah Fawcett though, and that like yeah. it's like you know, it's like yeah, you which, see her eyeball like right up there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like the thing with uh the knife thing with Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. Where he's like, We had that on a cable mm-hmm. so that it wouldn't break, but they brought it down to his eye. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Tom Cruise, you're gonna fucking die. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's still and that was he's still that was it. number two. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. number two. Now he's now number eight or climbing on buildings and jumping off of cliffs. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing about the movie is like you get a lot of these like um, scenes that are just like we watched a bunch of other sci fi movies and we're going to throw this together. You know, that's like, true. So I just get, I so just thought like, of it like, like 2001, like he's watching what they're saying. Right, they're watching right. so him. He's that. watching. Yeah. From 2001. Also, like, OK, Elmer Bernstein score. I know people like it. Great. Some of it is like this kind of disco you know, yeah. thing, which is kind of appropriate <laughs> yeah. and fine and works. Yeah. But like the opening score is the exact music from Strauss's Spoke Zarathustra from uh, uh, 2001. Oh, I didn't like, even, I didn't like, even think like, of that. Dun, 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 and then the, and it like goes down a third or whatever. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and I'm like, it's like he literally played the same notes and then, you know, just moved one finger over. Yeah. I was like, there you wow. go. That's the score. It's ex- and, and it repeats a few times through the movie where I'm like, Come on, man. That's not even like use your imagination. And then, yeah. like at one point, they're playing a chess game. Uh, Kirk Douglas and Farrah Fawcett, and it's like, oh yeah, this is just like on the Millennium Falcon when Chewbacca is playing yeah. that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. And and um, so there's just like a lot of things like that where it's like, um, you know, it, it's like, does every does every sci-fi movie need to have these exact things? No, you're just kind yeah. of like, well, we, even, we screened five popular sci-fi movies and yeah, we took bits and pieces well, from them and, and threw even them in. and it even help the movie. And even Star Trek, well, I mean, Batman did it, but Star Trek, isn't it three-dimensional chess? Like, they play on, like, a board of, like, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, Spock plays 3D chess and all that. Yeah, But, yeah, Yeah. but it's, yeah, it's, what I did like with this was Harvey Cattell does good. You know, he looks, you know, suave and, you know, like a cool bad guy. Um, The, and that's why the way he's talking, you're like, okay, is he a government guy or is he a robot? Because he just like, I need this, don't touch that, 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 that. Um, but I'm not sure yeah. I, under, under, I totally understand his motivation. He comes to the station with this yeah. robot, he's acting like, like he's the thing. captain and still being and like, I'm going to report and, you. And then he gets yeah. there and he falls in love with Farrah Fawcett. Okay. That's plausible. Yeah. Uh, however, w- he didn't know when he left earth that there was going to be a girl there that he was going to fall in love with. Yeah. Like yeah. that happens yeah. as part of the movie. But like prior to that, what, like, is he trying to like, steal the tomato patch they're growing like what, what yeah is yeah this? yeah, I, yeah maybe i missed it i just no. i'm not sure and, i understand and that after he then he's like do you want to come back to earth with me and you're like well wait a minute like now you're gonna go back like you're gonna face charges if they find you like how are right. you and gonna talk about how earth sucks like yeah i don't know yeah 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 it's, it's very weird uh and so anyway i you know i'm not trying to just dunk on the movie that's not the intention what were but, you know, what were like... some parts that you liked then We'll try that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I actually thought uh, I thought Farrah Fawcett's character was underwritten. You know, she's basically yeah. there to be the target of everybody's lust, and um, yeah. you know, the 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 
you know, the, the, the red herring that everybody's fighting over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Scream uh, and be saved by Kirk yeah. Douglas. Yeah, sure. But like within her part, you know, within her scenes like that, she, she does, she's very effective. Like you yeah. believe her affection for Kirk Douglas, even though he's like a thousand years older than her at the yeah. time, you know, that was more common in movies. Yeah. Um, but you believe her affection is sincere. Um, yeah. You know, she's, she's supposed to be sort of naive. Like she yeah. has never been to earth. It's not really clear. Like, and that's the other thing the where uh, that's what I was going to say. Is she grown there? Like, where did she, she come from? Is like, there like some she, planet? Yeah. You know, or is there some like uh, moon of Jupiter where they're growing ferrofossils out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really explained. Um, but nonetheless, like, so that, you know, okay, the movie doesn't give her her backstory, but nonetheless, she's effective. You know, it's not that she's, her character doesn't seem dumb, even though she's naive. Yeah. You know, she, she seems like a sincere person with real emotions and who cares for this older person, but also knows that, like, you know, she's going to outlive him well, probably and hasn't really figured out what that looks like and what, what's going to happen. Well, and also when he turns off the monitor, which is a really cool move for Kirk Douglas character, Adam, she's they're talking about him. He's like, you should be with me. I want to be with you. Don't you know, don't you not like that guy? Like he's afraid, blah, blah, blah. And he turns off the volume, which in any other movie, they're going to listen to everything. Right. Be like, what are you saying about my girl? Yeah. And he turns it off and you see her mouth the words. Well, what do I do, though? Like, what am I going right. to do or whatever? And you're like, oh, is she thinking about it? You know, right. so and that's where, like you said, it's kind of worked out where she's kind of giving him looks of like, I don't know. And then there's the cool thing where he's like, fuck it, leave him, you know, uh, jammed into that that table. Right. He's like, fuck yeah. it, let him die. And then he goes, yeah. I can't like it's the thing where he thought he could. He thought he could blow him out of the airlock and do whatever. And then he's like, right. no, I can't do that. And then he goes. And right, right. Go. I get Kirk. Yeah. I mean, and that's like Kirk Douglas acting like a character from a movie from 20 years before. Right. Yeah. 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 Where he's exactly. kind of like, yeah. you know, the cowboy, you know, archetype who, you know, has to, you know, risk himself to do the right thing, you know, who thinks about, you know, just running away or, you know, but just can't do it. You know, it's like a yeah. high noon, whatever. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. And that's okay. I mean, that's kind of what you want from Kirk Douglas. Yeah, well, um, it was good for a, for a 1980s movie, too. Although it would have been cool either way. It would have been cool if he yeah. said, fuck him and the yeah. doors closed. You'd be like, awesome. Well, but when it yeah. wasn't, I was like, awesome. You know? Yeah, the movie wants to be dark and edgy at times. Yeah. <laughs> and at other times, it doesn't Always ch quite chickens out. that way. Yeah, a <laughs> yeah. little bit. A little bit. I mean, yeah. look, it's dark in terms of the violence and the blood and gore. Um, and the ending is, you know, downbeat and so forth. Um and so, you know, there's elements of that. But but again, it's like, you know, at the at the end, the climactic fight, he's fighting the robot. And then it's like, he's like, well, I'm just going to push him into this hole. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. And it's like, and then smoke comes out and it's got, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, well, that that was a solution. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, again, it I, just really felt like there was not, it really felt like that, you know, there was a two hour movie where like, uh, there were times that I felt like, did they cut a reel out of this movie or something? You know what I mean? Right. Like that yeah. Kind of thing well, where, they did you know, say, like Grindhouse, where it's just like, oh, yeah, now we're jumping. Yeah, real missing. They did say yeah. so. We watched the 88 minute version, and then there was a 103 minute version originally, and they cut it down to 88 minutes. Right. So it's like yeah. it would have been good to maybe see that other scene, but maybe that would have thrown you off. And then there was another scene of him of Adam trying to take the robot out to show him what to do. And the robot doesn't want to get on the Rover. Doesn't want to mm -hmm. go outside is kind of having his own thoughts. And so then when he goes out there, the robot, like the robot or uh, Harvey Keitel breaks the airlock. 
So he has to yeah. go and break in. And there's that whole scene. That's like 10 minutes. And so it's yeah. like, well, there's where all that stuff goes. But still, it's what we've seen now in movies. Maybe not then is somebody trying to break back in through an airlock when they're stranded outside, you know, so right. that might have yeah. been cool. But yeah, the whole the whole thing reminded me a but, little bit of the, um, you know, the uh, the bad sci fi movie that Albert Brooks is working on in Modern Romance. Did you ever see that? <laughs> I uh no I in never Mo finished in, Modern in, Romance but yeah yeah so in Modern Romance he's a he's a he's an editor he's a film editor and he's editing or he's a director I'm trying to remember and they're making yeah. this like this sort of parody uh, mm. for, it's from a right around the same time maybe early eighties trying to remember exactly the year but yeah. like they're making a movie and you see clips from the movie during Modern Romance so this movie they're like editing with like George Kennedy again and um it's just like a very like you know the worst possible parody of a sci-fi <laughs> movie. And it's intended to be funny in yeah. modern romance, so it works. But it's like, oh, this is almost... There's parts where I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not watching the actual thing now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're just... Like, things yeah. are clumsily put together. And, well, yeah, and, and the pieces that are effective are good. Yeah. You know, you can see people trying their best. But, um, you know, I would not recommend this as something that, like, becomes a coherent uh, mm -hmm. film that you can watch from beginning to end and, and leave without any questions. Everything's wrapped up, and, it's, and there's a vision... Uh, yeah. You just, you know, a good movie is one where regardless of the genre, age, era, style, what country it's from, yeah. you feel like the filmmakers, whoever they are, director, whoever's involved, like had a vision and you're being taken along and you, you like, you feel like you can be confident yeah. that they know where it's going and you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and, and um, you know, regardless of what that intention was that they're executing on it. And yeah. here it, it just seems like um, there's just like a lot of people throwing stuff in the soup. Yeah, that's what we had that with City of the Living Dead, which is also called Gates of Hell. It's a Fulci movie where it seems like just a vignette, like let's do we want a scene where maggots are thrown in through a window. OK, there we go. We want another scene where, you know, this person pulls their brains out. You know, it's just like a bunch of scenes put together to make a movie. And you're like, wait a minute, that didn't really work. But right. And if you want to watch a movie for 90 minutes where you get yeah some cool space stuff a cool robot um, <laughs> yeah some fun scenes uh, <laughs> yeah some you, you know you want to see uh various parts of uh farrah fawcett and um kirk douglas for better or worse yeah. and <laughs> yeah. uh, you know and, and it delivers on that great i mean that i don't yeah. think that's a that's a slam on the movie you know what i mean yeah. but it's not it's... obviously it's not alien it's not a, it's not really ever going to be that yeah you know? it's and again with these though i could see where if you and i would have <laughs> watched this together we wouldn't watch it with serious intent. We'd be jabbing each other on the sides, being like, oh, my God, can you believe that? Yeah. Just, what's going to happen? Oh, and it'd yeah. be more fun. So I could see Drink that. Drink a beer, watch a movie, have yeah. a good time with your yeah. friends. Yeah, I could see like, that being you know, a in, communal, like, oh, my God. And also being like, hang on, I saw Mean Streets. That's not his voice, you know. Um, right. But the what I did like was the robot putting itself back together with the other robots. Like, I like that. That was cool. Um, is done actually, you know, and that was kind of a little bit of stop motion. What they said was funny. Stanley Donning got upset because he would want the robot to pick up a table. And when yeah. it did, it would like, it wouldn't rate, you know, it wouldn't be level. It would follow because yeah. it was just a grip of a hand trying to, and it's right, like right. all that stuff where somebody more competent, like, so John Barry gets pretty much fired. Pretty much. He's like, I'm done. After two weeks, right. he's like, I'm leaving. Stanley Donning's like, well, I'll help you. John Barry's like, no, I have, you know, kind of an open invitation at Empire where I left them at pre-production. Now I'm going to go back at post-production, help them out. And he goes back to Empire and helps them out and has a good old time. 
unfortunately they said because of what he might've went through with this caused his body to get sick. And then he ended up dying in like shortly after that. And so they right. had a funeral and speaking of Stanley, Stanley Kubrick went to his uh, funeral, you know, all oh, the wow, Star Wars okay. people and Stanley Kubrick and uh, some others. Must have been in England, then, yeah. Yeah. Exa yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was uh, there where they were filming. Um, but that's yeah, so those things before more, this movie came out. So a more competent person with special effects with sci-fi would know, well, we can raise this table. I'll hold it on the other end. The robot hand can do it. It'll look like, you know, but somebody else goes, wait, Stanley Don an old school director is like, this ain't working like I want, you know, you know what I'm going to compare this to. I'm going to compare this okay. to the, uh, the solo movie, Han Solo, because, um, which I hate it. Um, right. but you know, but that's can, interesting. Got, well, hang on right there. A, Stop okay, for a second. What's interesting is when you were saying these directors for hire. So okay, that's exactly they, what I'm saying. They fire the Lord guys. They fire they, the young, the young hotshot yeah. new guys. Yeah. They, in the middle of it, they bring in an older, you yeah. know, experienced Ron Howard. director who can yeah. do it all. Ron Howard. And like somebody who has really not much connection to sci-fi. I mean, he did Apollo 13, but like, that's not the same. <laughs> right. Of, that's not the yeah. same kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like, all right, just bring this guy in as the cavalry. And sometimes that works, you but know, sometimes I think you do get a think, movie out of it, but you know, I mean, gone with the wind had a trouble yeah. directorial issue. Yeah. And, Victor know, Fleming, the other success. guy. Yeah, I think, sure. you know, I think what they, this, but. I think with something like Ron Howard, where you go, Oh, they're bringing him in. But I think his was like, whatever you want, you know, he's bowing to Disney, sure. whatever you want, I'll do. And he's doing yeah. it. He's not making it his own. He's just doing what they want. Paint by numbers. Right. But you with can't Stanley, this on Ron Howard. Yeah. Yeah. But with Stanley Donnan, he's like, okay, I'm going to try sci-fi, but you're not into sci-fi. Like don't even, you know, you're a good right. director, like but not for this. Yeah. Right. Okay. They're not making musicals anymore with Gene Kelly. Like, I yeah, yeah, to. yeah. So let's, exactly. you know, or yeah. Fred Astaire. So let's do something yeah. else. Okay, sure. And I'm not yeah. knocking the guy for, you know, you got to work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, yeah. You know, it, it's really hard to, to, to blame somebody. Yeah. For well, especially they were brought in in the middle of the movie. Like, come on. It's not like yeah. you developed this. And, especially. You know, we're involved. Yeah. Especially when it's something like where John Barry's like, well, I'm done. And then they're yeah. like, okay, I guess I got to step in. And it's the same thing I was talking to my friend the other day about. Uh, uh, now I can't even think of his name. Christian Nyby, the guy that did the original thing. Everybody's mm -hmm. like, yeah, oh, yeah. Howard Hawks directed that. Totally Howard yeah, Hawks. Yeah. Right. Howard sure. Hawks was there like holding his hand, but letting him, Christopher Nyby, letting him do it. Like, right. Like thing. guys who really directed it, you know, all this yeah. kind of thing. There was a letter There's that a I found online. Stories. There was a letter that I found online that was Steven Spielberg writing to Toby Hooper being like, it is your film. Like I'm here to say, like here you go. You know, if you need proof, show this letter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Same thing with Goonies. Um, but sure. so yeah, I like that part of the robot being put together. I liked where it was like the thing where they're like opening the thing up, and that the robot knew, like, no, I'm not gonna step there, and goes around. And then Kirk Douglas has like either a backup plan or just made it up at the time. Like I'm gonna hit him with this arm and knock him into the water. But then he climbs right out of it, like you said, and he's covered mm -hmm. in ice and and then they're trying to hide. And that, again, brings up aliens where the fingers are up through the grates and they're opening the grates and coming out. And um, but uh, but then at the end and another thing with these movies, I would like if a movie didn't project to where it's going when they're playing chess and Kirk's like Kirk Douglas is like, yeah, but he doesn't know about 
you know, uh, sacrifice. He needs to know sacrifice. Right. And he's like, well, he knows because he took to me. And you're like, oh, there's going to be some kind of sacrifice moment going right. on. Yeah. And then that was a little turned, clever. Yeah. One of one of the script doctor, doctors got, you know, paid for yeah. throwing yeah. in that clever little scene. And Although little, what I did like, when he put all that on, I was like, what is he putting on? I couldn't make it out. I was like, he's putting on some fire extinguishers. And he's got a thing of cigarettes. Like, what, what's he doing? And then you're right. like, oh, it's a bomb. Okay. Yeah. So that was cool. But now at the end. Yeah. Lighting a bomb come... on a space station seems like a bad idea. I don't yeah, know. exactly. Yeah. Advice yeah. to all listeners. Again, station, don't light a bomb. Yeah. Again, if you dive into everything, it's like, wait a minute. Compressed mm-hmm. air. We're full of oxygen. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's like uh, Armageddon. They did that. Remember that Russian? Right. They had to get out of there. Um, but anyway, um, the. Uh, so the end now, so I'm watching the end and I'm like, okay, what's going to happen? Either the robot's going to show up, something's going to happen. And then she's there. She's happy to go to earth, but it looks like they're in the windows. They're on the main part. Right. And that spaceship disconnects and takes off. So I'm like, okay. So then part of me at first just goes, oh, is that the robot? Le- like is the robot alive and he's taking the spaceship going to earth. And now we're going to have this mass thing or what is it? So, but it's her probably on the ship with everybody else. They're not looking out those windows of the whole thing. Um, right. Again, again, this was done. Okay. But 1969, 2001, that fucking spaceship, like just, Oh, so awesome. Um, yeah, sure. But, um, and before we even, the simplest thing that I never thought about until I watched recently, the making of part of that was, well, how are we going to have this pin float in space? And they yeah. stuck it to a piece of glass and just turned the glass in front of the camera until the guy grabs it. And you're like, oh, oh. fucking simple. Yeah, exactly. Simple. Yeah. Um, but so uh, what <clears throat> do you think? Explain this to me. So she might be a robot, right? She might have a thing. Right. Might be connected to the robot before he died or something. Uh, I, I don't mean, know. Your guess I don't know. Do you have a theory? You know, it, I didn't it, know it's one of these theory. things where it's like trying to give the, you know, but wait you know, kind of ominous twist ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or it could be a sequel setup. Um, right, kind right. Of concept where, like, obviously this didn't get a sequel and it wasn't, yeah. you know, going to be. But um, that's the other thing I thought of was like, well, are they trying to, you know, turn yeah. this into the Saturn 3 cinematic universe? Saturn yeah, yeah. 4 coming next year. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, it was, it was fun. But now that we talked about it, I'm going to definitely drop my rating. I rated it, but we won't get there yet. I got some stuff, but I rated 3.5. Now talking to you, I'm thinking you went two, maybe three, maybe two and a half, like right in the middle. But anyway, let's yeah, wait. We'll wait. Yeah, we'll wait. Yeah. We'll wait. Okay. Okay. But okay. a few years after the release of the film, Farrell was a guest on The Tonight Show, during which Johnny Carson casually poked fun at her movie choices. I remember you did a picture. I think it was called Saturn 3. The audience laughed as Ferris squirmed, answering, originally they had a very good script. It was called The Helper, and it was a lot different from what we ended up shooting. So you can mm. see that if like they get shipped a robot that then all of a sudden becomes like there was a really good um, Orville episode where it was showing why everybody's against a robot. The ro- robots were being treated like shit, like they were mm. slaves. And then all of a sudden they revolted and attacked people. But um So here we go. It is no secret that Kirk Douglas made life difficult for director John Barry as soon as production began. His preoccupation with maintaining the perception of youthful vigor has been well documented, and it all seemed to come to a head while making Saturn 3. 
In his 1984 satirical novel, Money, which was in part drawn from Amos' own experiences while working on Saturn Three, Amos concocted a character purportedly based on Douglas himself. The story follows a Tyro, I don't know what Tyro, I don't know, uh, film director, John Self, as he struggles to make his troubled feature debut. While dealing with the eccentricities of his cast, including aging past his prime movie star, Lorne Guyland, who features in the following passage. The script conference ended with Lorne shrugging his robe to the floor and asking me with tears in his eyes, is this the body of an old man? I said nothing. The answer to Lorne's question, incidentally, was yes. I just <laughs> flourished an arm and clattered down the stairs. Thursday gave a tight smile. That's like the Farrah Fawcett character. Gave a tight smile as she opened the door. Is he nude? She asked coldly. Yeah, he's nude. Oh, boy, said Thursday. So that sounds like directly, you know, that's in the book. But that sounds like that's probably like I'm going to get naked for this. You know, she got a good one. I'm going to show off my body. Oh, my God. Really? Do we have to? OK. <laughs> um, and it yeah, does. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a. Uh... That's kind of how things were back then, I guess. Yeah. You and know. it does say and whether maybe, this whether this scene from the book is based on something which actually occurred during the making of Saturn three remains to be substantiated. However, during an interview, Martin Amos gave in New York City in April 2012, Amos said of Douglas, quote, when actors get old, they get obsessed about wanting to be nude and Kirk wanted to be naked. Amos revealed that Farrah didn't want to disrobe and Douglas was adamant, saying, what do you mean she won't take her clothes off? She's only a fucking TV actress. I'll rip her clothes off. End quote. It's like, holy Classy. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Classy. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I don't know. In the movie, I mean, the one thing, the other thing about the movie that, like, I would say is, like, <clears throat> you know, although you could see that as exploitative, but, you know, at least, I mean, these two characters, like, are living together and they, are, like, have a romantic life. You know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah. And, 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 you know, it just kind of reminded me of the, um, have you read that essay from a few years ago? Um, pretty sure it said like, uh, uh, about movies. It said, uh, everybody's hot and nobody's horny. Did you, do you remember that? It came out maybe oh, two or three years ago. I think so. About, yeah. yeah. Sounds yeah it was about, I can't remember the author right now, but it was about, um, you know, like how, like in all the superhero action movies that you have now, like everybody, like, it, you know, looks so good, <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but yeah. there's never like rarely this, is there romance like sometimes yeah. there's like you know maybe thor like is in love with natalie portman but like there's just not you know it, most of the time there's you know these movies are made for this like international very um very prudish audience yeah. yeah and like it's okay you know it's like the old slay don't lay thing like it's okay to have violence but not sex yeah and yeah. um you know i'm not saying like every pg spider-man movie should is supposed to have look like saturn 3 where you have like, yeah yeah you know a lot of nudity yeah. and stuff like that but yeah um well, it's you know, the same it, thing it, with it, it is. And even Tarantino's movies, frankly, like, you yeah, know, there, it shies away from that aspect of life, even though it's very graphic in terms of violence and other things. And and it's and it's just this kind of trend now that, um, you know, unless you're, you know, doing euphoria or something, you know, where yeah. it's, you know, explicitly supposed to be. That's what you're selling. Yeah. Yeah. Most yeah. movies and TV shows are very prudish about um, sex, nudity, things like that. And um, to one extent, I understand, like, OK, we've had a century of women in Hollywood being exploited for their bodies. Yeah. And that's not good. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and men, you know, just, you know, being 30 years older, like Kirk yeah. Douglas and just getting to pick and choose yeah. um, from the, from the planet of the Farrah Fawcett's, but nonetheless, yeah. um, 
that is part of life that a lot of movies don't show anymore. Yeah. And uh, like, if you listen to Karina Longworth's like erotic eighties, erotic nineties, yeah. um, yeah. in her series that she's been talking about, like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, when we grew up, like that was part of life, and it's part of movies. Well, like sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. She, yeah, like, she said that it'd be, on the. It'd be nice if like it'd be nice if like sci-fi action movies like just had that sometimes be part of their because that is part of life. You yeah, know? she she said that about. Uh, I haven't listened to a lot of the newer stuff, but with the Glenn Close thing, she was like Glenn Close. It was like she not fuckable yeah. or whatever, and you hear that all the time. But it's the other right. thing. Yeah, well, that, yeah. So you can't win. Say, you know? You yeah, go too far in one direction, you go too far yeah. in the other direction. If you're putting out a movie and you put you and I in it, people are going to go, well, wait a minute. Like, I want, you know, I don't mean to say, let's say me then. I don't want to, <laughs> but people <laughs> no, go, wait, no, right. I want, yeah. you know, no, I want somebody, saying. you know, and it's like, it's like, okay, so then you put those out and people are going to go, I don't know these, but that's what was great in the 70s. You had people like, you know, William, William Devane and, you know, all these sure. weird looking peoples that were, you know, or uh, uh, Tim, uh, the guy from the killing uh, that I love, Tim. Ah, it's gonna drive me nuts. Uh, the crazy guy, the guy anyway. that's gonna shoot. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so the point being that, like, you know, movies uh, for all the problems this movie, at least it like recognizes, like, yeah, in even in space, people yeah, are gonna have stuck. sex life, yeah. and they're gonna have, you know, like it's, romance, and they're gonna have, you know, these issues are part of life, and it's not like now just superheroes running around and they may as well be Ken dolls. Like you it's bring like, in another movie, you know what I mean? We're like, yeah. they have, you know, like somehow Captain yeah. America, like is completely neuter, you know? Yeah. 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 It it's seems like thing. if Captain America is running around a lot of women and a lot of men too would be interested in hitting this guy up. Yeah. Yeah. It's the thing when you're in school where you're like, where you're like, if we were the only two people on the planet, would we have <laughs> yeah, exactly. the only two exactly. people? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. So Kirk exactly. Douglas could be. Yeah. And something that so. I was thinking that we're kind of dicks with, because we're aging, we're ageist, but you and I, like you have a nude fight in Eastern Promises. That's cool. You have a nude oh, fight. That's completely different. <laughs> it's totally, it's handled completely different. Yes, yes. And very so, true. yeah, yeah. The, the fact that, but know, the, the fact is, is, you know, the fact is that you could kind of know, being as this is an older actor, that you knew that he was like, I want to, I want to show off my butt. I want to be naked. I want to, you know, when you watch, yeah, it doesn't bother Weapon, me that much because he's, you know, He's yeah. in bed. He gets attacked. Like yeah, yeah, he's not going to yeah. all of a sudden put on a spacesuit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Know. Yeah. Uh, what was funny about clothes? He, some of those clothes, he was like, "Can I take these home?" Because he wanted to walk around his Palm Springs home in his velvet, like whatever outfit. <laughs> Velour like, spacesuit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Yeah. But uh, speaking of these reviews, you kind of right. mentioned this. Uh, Roger Ebert described it as awesomely stupid, totally implausible, <laughs> and a shameful waste of money. <laughs> So, um, in love this, that guy. In the, yeah, exactly. In this movie, did you see anything that you think Tarantino might have liked or used in a film? This was the thing where I was like, okay, if you watched it, if he watched it with a group of people, I could see them all loving it. I could see him wanting it. Like he he likes speed, but he doesn't like the end after they blow up the bus. Right. Like it should have just you know, but it keeps going. Um. So yeah, yeah I don't. I mean, see I don't anything. know. Like I, I feel like maybe as he watches. I mean, how old would he have been when this came out? Well, maybe and that's the other teenager. thing. He could have seen it on a re-release. He could have seen it. Right. Know. But let's say he saw it as a teenager, maybe, you know, like the scene where Harvey Keitel's hand gets cut. I mean, first of all, you got Harvey Keitel. Yeah, yeah like that. Harvey like Keitel that guy. is a character, you know, a, yeah. an important character in that in the character yeah, the universe. But also, you know, him getting his hand cut off and that being pretty graphic in a yeah. mainstream movie. 
um, yeah. you know, is maybe something that he and then, you know, probably oh, he could have said, oh, I can well, do that kind of thing, you know? And then the biggest thing that we forgot that then they drag him off and you're like, I guess he's dead. And then when oh, yeah. he shows up there, there he is with Harvey Keitel's head on him. Right. The robot, and you're like, holy shit. Like he's got a cut yeah. out of his face, and you're like, holy shit. Like, yeah, that's messed crazy. up. Crazy. So and, but I like I like the part back and forth where they were arguing where he's like, You're a murderer. And he's like, Shut up, yeah. erase that. And he's like, You're a killer. No, erase that. Like, and you're like, Yeah, he's giving you shit. Like, you know, so we're yeah. supposed to root yeah. for him, but you made him a killer now. Right. He's it's like um, chat GPT you're arguing with over. Yeah. Here. So like I said, I rate this movie. Now let me really think on this. Let me hear your review. Let me hear your rating first. And then uh, I'll out of, I always forget. Out of what what, what so out of five, let's say like a letterbox, like one to five, five being the best, two and a half being average. I don't, not, I don't go around rating things, but um I, I don't know. I mean so I, I said in, three in terms point, of, I, I I'm gonna yeah. give it a uh, uh you know, like a soft two. And, I'm gonna say the, yeah. Because it's got some things going for it, but just in terms of like, you don't get the sense that like a filmmaker or somebody got came into this movie and had a plan and executed yeah, with, it, and then this is that whether you like it or not, this is what they were trying to do. Yeah, this is not that kind of movie. This is a movie where it's like you pick and choose from the stuff that works, uh, but you yeah. know that it is just a, a, a you know, just a just a kind of a mess. free for all. Yeah, terms, yeah, and yeah, you could see especially. Could you imagine like you read the script, you go in like this is a good movie and then it gets fucked up in editing or directing. And now you're like, oh, now I look like that shit, happens. like Farrah Fawcett make it get made fun of by Johnny Carson. I'm like, oh, shit. Um, yeah, yeah well, I dropped mine down to two. I think I was th sometimes I rate too high. My wife will be like, so you give Departed a five and you give this one fucking three point five. Are you fucking serious? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Would you buy this movie, rent it, or find it for free? I think I would find it for free, like I did on Peacock. I mean, you pay for Peacock, but it's free. Right, yeah. And it looked good. Yeah, did I, you, I, yours, it looked really good. Yeah, it was a nice transfer. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you want to hear Phil's film favorite of the week? Sure. So, uh, yeah, I this one was difficult because you and I film earlier than like on a Thursday. So I was like, oh, shit, yeah. I didn't have time to watch anything. So I had to dig back to last week. But uh, Freaks from 1932. Sure. The love story of a siren, a giant and a dwarf. The plot, a circus, beautiful, a circus's beautiful artist agrees to marry the leader of sideshow performers. But his deformed friends discover she is only marrying him for his inheritance. So mm -hmm. I give it four stars. But what I don't like every time, I think every time I've seen this movie, maybe four or five times. Every time I forget about the ending. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, I'm trying to remember exactly how. Yeah. At the end, they go the, the one and, of us. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. and something happened yeah, to the Gabba, beautiful Gabba, girl. Us, yeah, yeah, right, and right, something right. happened to the beautiful girl, and they're like, "Well, what happened?" And then the camera goes to look down at the thing that they're looking at, the right. real freak, and she's a chicken. Right. Yeah. Uh, her right, head, but yeah. she's a chicken, and she's right, got right, one right. eye. And you're and like, wait, what? yeah. And I'm like, how did they make her a chicken? Like, if well, they cut off her yeah. arms and her hands and all that, yeah. But you're like, exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm like, I'm good. I gave it four stars. So. Yes. Can I, can I make a request of your audience? Uh -oh. Rather than a, rather than a, uh, this is, first of all, this is trying to determine who, who listens to the end of the podcast, all the way to the end, but I have a request, which is, um, so I'm, I'm, my family were going to, um, Japan for the first time in, uh, the spring. Sweet. And so I'm trying to watch, um, as many Japanese movies as I can. I've obviously seen a lot of Japanese movies, but I'm yeah. looking for recommendations. So if people are listening and you have a, Japanese movie that you, I mean, I've obviously seen Kurosawa and 
Ozu, yeah. you know, Miyazaki, well, you know, et cetera, a lot of the big ones. Um, yeah. But if there are particular Japanese movies that you that you recommend or if somebody's been to Japan or is familiar with the culture there and says, oh, you should watch this movie. It's a good way to, like, understand. Yeah, yeah, get in. Know, yeah. Just anything, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, Japanese movies, that's my that's my my request for the audience, whoever's still listening after like an hour and yeah, a half. Or sure. I hope. I don't think we went. We didn't go too long. But, yeah, yeah. No, uh, people, yes. no, no. If you're listening um, I hope and so. you have a Japanese movie, you maybe like, I should maybe I should cut I'll cut that part out and put it in the beginning so everybody will hear sure, it right you away. Can put, you can put that in the beginning. Yeah, whatever you want, whatever you want. So anyway, yeah, uh, oh. looking for uh, recommendations of Japanese and you saw movies, uh, not that this would be to help you get into Japan, but you saw Haosu, right? The yeah, House I actually Kusu. watched that recently. I hadn't seen yeah. it before, but I watched it recently. So yeah, crazy, I, if, reminding me if, of like Happy if, Days if for some trip- reason and some other weird shit. If my trip to Japan is like Haosu, I will be uh, <laughs> not sure. I'll, I'm not sure I'll make it back to report it. <laughs> yeah, I get yeah. eaten by a piano yeah. or something. Fighting, fighting a picture, <laughs> karate fighting a picture. Um, yeah, I'll, yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, so that's come my back. Request for the uh, for the audience. Yeah. I will, and I'll also put it on our uh, stuff and see what we get. Um, so come back next week on October 27th when I am joined by Robert Papp from Circle of Jerks and the Cinemigos podcast for. The Great Silence, 1968. So have you seen that movie? Great Silence. Yeah. It doesn't ring a bell. Oh, it's an Italian, you know, spaghetti Western by Sergio Cabrucci. And uh, it's really good. And hang on. I don't think I've seen that one. I have to think about it. It's got uh, Klaus Kinski in it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that one. But yeah. Okay. I'll try to check it out so I can listen to your episode. (laughs) It is about... um, a mute gunfighter defends a young widow and a group of outlaws against a gang of bounty killers in the winter of 1898 and a grim tense struggle unfolds bum 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 and let's see where you can find it here's where i'm worried that it won't be anywhere except maybe criterion channel speaking of criterion channel did you ever watch that other one i told you to watch um with barry nelson in it the racing one not barry nelson yeah, Barry Nelson from Vanishing Point. It was the other one that was on the list of 70s car movies. I watched a bunch of them, but I didn't watch it. It was the one I where made, he's riding like through the grass. No, 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 no. I got I, I, yeah, I'm behind. I'm behind. It was really good. Yeah. And then I ended up watching um the uh the what was the the stealing one that they remade? The Grand the Grand What's oh, it called? Not yeah, Grand Gone Theft in Auto. 60 Seconds. Gone in Six Seconds. And yeah, I liked it more than I did before. I was like, holy shit, like they're fucking going all out. I mean, Love boy, it. they definitely go all out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's done a That's little a real cheap, deal. but it's got some awesome shit. Okay. The Great Silence, you can find it on Hoopla. I don't know if anybody has Hoopla. Um, or you can rent it on Amazon Vudu, Apple, YouTube, or you could buy it, Apple, Amazon, YouTube, or whatever. So. There you go. I'm sorry, everybody. Now I'm not going to have very many comments because people are like, I can't watch that. I'm not going to pay for it, but it's great. Sometimes it's worth it. Down. It's yeah, worth whatever. it. I think I'm going to buy it. Yeah, I've ended up buying, before we end, I ended up buying um, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia and um, Eight Million Ways to Die and um, Thriller, They Call Her One Eye and all those, A Cruel Picture and all that. But anyway, 
Um, so here's a trailer for The Great Silence. If I can find an English one, uh, I think I can. My husband told me of this man. He avenges our wrongs. They call him silence because wherever he goes, the silence of death follows. Tell me something, old timer. Are we within the jurisdiction of Snow Hill County? Yeah. You can rest or hang anyone you want. Thanks a lot. Look who's the man that you want. He killed my husband. How much do you want for him? Say, boy, you're trying to force me to draw, ain't you? But I'm not losing my temper of that, I'm sure. Have you forgotten who he is? He picks a fight, and when somebody draws it, he shoots him. But you're the man he's here to get. <laughs> Sooner or later, you're going to meet up with someone faster than you. Well, that'll be an amusing day. And then, did you want to uh, promote your stuff or your, <laughs> your thing? Yeah, I've got a podcast called Rock Docs about music documentaries. Uh, and uh, let's see, what would be on, uh, this comes out this week. So, um, yeah, I think the most recent one is about the uh, documentary about the Dixie Chicks yeah. um, and their fight with uh, President Bush. Uh, which is, uh, um, you know, now it's eerily uh, reminiscent of uh, current <laughs> events as we speak. Yeah. Um, and then, um, unfortunately, and then, um, yeah, we've got, uh, well, we have an annual tradition for Thanksgiving. We do an episode about the last waltz because, of course, famously, oh. that was, you know, they cool. served Thanksgiving dinner. It was recorded on Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. So we've got our, our second annual uh, last waltz, one coming up in November. We've got a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, Bob Dylan, uh, I don't know, all kinds of interesting stuff. So, um, yeah, we talk about music documentaries um and uh of all shapes and sizes and um it's a lot of fun so yeah and then little slugger my podcast my six-year-old work he talks about baseball and um that's fun too that, <laughs> that one's shorter yeah that's, we don't go an hour and a half it's like yeah yeah that's, that's awesome <laughs> did um the thing did i told you i think last time about mark Marin that he had the he had elton john songwriter on there bernie Tom. and yeah was yeah good. And it was really good because he talks about the band, how everybody wanted to be in the band. And yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's how oh, yeah. good they were. Yeah. So yeah. The, yeah, I mean, really cool. the, the last waltz, I I argue is you could argue that uh, it's up there. I'm not necessarily gonna say number one, but in the very right. inner circle of Martin yeah. Scorsese's movies. Like yeah. just take all of Martin Scorsese's movies. I like The Last Waltz as much as nearly any of them. And uh, you know, just because it's a documentary doesn't mean it's less of a film. So that's yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, you that. still but get come yeah. argue with come argue with us over at Rock Docs if you have a different opinion. Whatever. It's like, yeah, it's like we'll end right now, but uh when I finish up, but the Beastie Boys, like that documentary, I was like, oh my God, sure. like that Beastie Boys thing on Apple. I was like, I never yeah. knew any of this. Like this is great. But anyway, yeah, yeah. uh thank you for joining us. Thank you, Dave. Uh, thank you for joining us. We hope you had fun and maybe learned something about a movie that may have had a part in making Tarantino. Goodbye.
That's when you say goodbye. You didn't say goodbye. Oh, I know. I always forget. Yeah, I'm I know. Sorry. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye, I'll everybody. edit that. I'll edit, yeah, there you go. I'll edit it yeah. out down to. Have, have the guy who did the voice for Harvey Keitel drop in and say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> goodbye. Yeah. <laughs>